Hello, my friend. Hi, thanks for joining me. Welcome to 100% BS with Bella Solonat. That's me. I am Bella Solonat. And I am really, I'm like a calm excited about today's episode because it's a solo one, just me talking to myself, which is like weirdly one of my favorite things to do. And I was thinking about what do I want to talk about alone? What's something that's been on my mind, something that's been on my heart, you know? And I actually was, you know, I was swirling with ideas in my head and I turned to my notebook as I often do when I need a little uh, help to figure things out. I really turned to journaling to figure out what's going on in my head and work through things. And um, it's funny because I turned to my notebook and I was like, I'm basically feeling some resistance, some fear, I guess, about doing a solo episode because I wanted to talk about this idea of an awakening. And it's because it's it's basically inspired by um, in the past few months, I feel like I went on this almost like accelerated path to awakening. And it's not to say that I'm now awakened. I don't think you ever reach a state where you're done awakening, if that makes sense. You're kind of always on the journey, which is kind of the beautiful thing about it. But definitely in the last four months, I would say basically January to April, where we are now, towards the end of April, I just... I just, I don't know how to describe it. It's a feeling that I just, now I'm like, oh my God, I get it. I get what's going on in my mind. I'm really reflecting a lot. I'm looking inward and my inward journey has been informing and improving my understanding of the outside world. And I've never felt it more clearly than I have in the last four months. And I just felt called to talk about it and to basically invite others (laughs) to join this journey of awakening. That's really all I know how to call it. And my plan here is actually to just read what I wrote in my notebook because I started to journal and I'm literally going to read the whole thing because it just was the perfect flow of, of me being like, I don't know how to talk about this. And then all of a sudden the entire episode came out of me, like all the words just spewed onto the page and it was kind of a beautiful thing. So I'm going to read my notebook. And so if you're watching this, um, a thank you for watching. I really like when people watch the YouTube version. (laughs) Um, but I will be mainly looking down at my notebook and whatever, if you're listening, it doesn't fucking matter. So anyway, um, I just think it's kind of funny that normally when I do these solo episodes, I've made an outline and I kind of reference it and then go off a bit. But here I'm just going to read my notebook because I think it's kind of cool that that's where this came from. And I'm just, this was the truest form. The words I'm about to read are the truest form of what I was feeling when I thought of this episode. So I basically wrote, today I wanted slash want to do a solo pod episode, but I got tired 
am burnt out by the end of the weekend because, you know, I side hustle and it gets really tiring. But I really want to do a solo episode about my awakening path. And the title that came to me was A Call to Awaken. A Call to Awaken. I will call to awaken myself and invite others onto the path. And I basically would like to talk about my rapid awakening in the last few months and how it's felt lonely for my age, but why I'm loving the journey anyway. And the age part is interesting because I am 24 years old, in case anyone was wondering. And it's not to say like there's something weird about my age group or that people my age aren't are asleep or something, but I don't know. I feel a slight disconnect from the general most people in my age group. That's how I feel. And it's not really a judgment. It's just me. Like I just feel disconnected from it. And so that's why I feel like I felt called to talk about it. And recently people in my life have made comments of like, you know, being wiser beyond my years and these things that I'm like, so weird to hear that because I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm just me. I'm just 24 and this is where I'm at. Um, but it just got me to think about my own path. And so um, the topic of unconscious biases also comes to mind as well when I think about um, awakening. And I think the structure of what I wanted to talk about is something like why addressing your shadows, triggers, and discomforts is the way to awaken. Why addressing your shadows, triggers, and comforts is the path to awakening. And I basically want to outline the deep inward reflection that is needed to improve yourself, but then that will also improve the world around you. By improving yourself, you improve the world around you. I really believe that. And my friend, Jenny, was saying, you know, because I was, I was talking to her about how I feel the sense of disconnection from my age or or loneliness of sorts. And she was like, maybe your calling is to help others your age to awaken. And again, I'm trying to stop doing this thing where I like have to explain myself for the way I'm feeling in an effort to comfort people. So maybe I'll just do it one more time and then stop doing it. (laughs) But basically it's not like I hate the idea of being like, I'm, I'm here to, I'm the one to guide you. Like I get uncomfortable with the idea of suggesting I know better because I just don't like that. I don't, even the the words that come out may suggest that this is like in advice form. I just feel uncomfortable with the idea that I might be like this idea of maybe it's your calling to help others your age awaken would suggest that at my age, other people need help. But maybe that's just true. So I'm just going to entertain that it's true. Maybe my current experience happens to be helpful to others. Fuck it. That's just what I think. So there we are. So my core and my soul are basically telling me that we need to go back inward to see how we fix society's issues. It's like extreme ownership, but with spirituality. And to me, I see this term awakening. The awakening, I think, is the gate to collective improvement. I really think as you become, as we improve the individuals, as we improve the parts that make up the whole, that's really where we see a collective shift. And 
When I say awakening, I think I really mean, and it'll make sense, I think, as I continue, but an awakening is like, it's different than woke, not the same thing <laughs> at all. Awakened, I see more as much, it's much more of an inward journey to understanding yourself. And because of that, you face your triggers and your fears and your shadows, and you become really almost like this overwhelming, calming sense that you know who you are, but you continue to work on it. But because you love yourself and you know that your, you know what your value is and what your potential is, that you've become awakened to a different element, a different dimension of life that goes beyond what your job is and your title and what you do. It's like who you really are. And that that's why I think awakening is the gate to collective improvement. I think we need that. And so, you know, for me, awakening this path is how I learned to have better conversations. It's how I learned to be a better partner, a better sister, a better daughter, you know, a better friend, a coworker, this looking inward and intense reflection period helped me learn to then have better interactions with other people. It starts with you, but then because you understand yourself so much, you can do such a better job when it comes to hard conversations or being a good coworker or being a good mentor, being a good mentee, all the things where you're interacting with other people. You need to know yourself first. So I'm always looking within and this inward adventure has enabled me to understand the outside world so much more. You know, I began to question mainstream narratives and institutions when I saw irregularities and as I continued inward, I also was able to clarify my purpose here on earth. What's my purpose? Why? What's my value? And things start to look a lot more like we issues rather than me versus them or us versus them. It's we. That's kind of how my mind thinks about things now is like, yes, there's the individual, but I basically want to make sure I'm including myself in all of the advice, all the goals, you know, what can, what can, when, you know, when I post on Instagram about how to have better conversations, it's not just you, it's we, cause I'm included too. What can I do as well? So for me, I, I operate from this we mindset. That's very, um, a collective, but knowing that it's made up of individuals. Um, and I think that society won't, get better if each individual doesn't take responsibility for their part, for their piece. We're all part of the problem, basically, mentality. And the awakening path leads you to see your piece of it and to take a lot of ownership over yourself and the impact, the ripple effect that you as a human being have. And so the awakening of the individual enables them to impact and control themselves. And if you can monitor, understand, heal, love, and know yourself deeply, then you can effectively create value for the world because you know you and you know how you operate, your weaknesses, your strengths, your triggers, and you're so aware of that. That makes you so much more capable of serving others. You know, it's why Jordan Peterson says, you should have your own house in order before you go about criticizing the world or criticizing others. You know, he says, make your bed, clean up your room first before you literally do anything for the day or in life. 
It's why, you know, relationships thrive a lot more when we stop blaming the other person for the problems and we say, well, can I do better to fix this? What's my piece in this argument? And then, you know, you have John F. Kennedy famously said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. It's this idea that we, we shouldn't just be asking everybody else to fix it. Some nebulous other is going to fix it, right? It's like, no, it's, it's in here. It's each person makes up the collective. You can't deny that. So there's these common advice nuggets that we hear that are very much about what can you do better? Just focus on you, what's in front of you, what you can control. You can't really control the people. You know, so you have to just start with you. So the individual holds the power and a collective made up of capable individuals is truly unstoppable. So, but to get there, you have to look within. And so I wanted to share this, um, this great poem by one of my favorite poets, probably actually the only poet (laughs) that I read. Um, but he goes by in Q, I N dash Q. And the poem is called Inquire Within. And I really love this poem because it explains the spiritual version of everything I'm talking about. So I'm going to read it. Class is in session. Okay. (laughs) Okay. The poem is called Inquire Within. I used to look up when I prayed. I would raise my head to the sky as if God lived in a penthouse made of clouds. As a kid, I thought I could hear my prayers better when I was on a plane. After all, I was closer to him. I would ride elevators to the top floor just to whisper my secret desires. I've never told anyone that. As an adolescent, I stopped praying altogether. I didn't believe in belief. It seemed to me that people had created God to control themselves and others. It was the long con. Self-delusion as a form of therapy. I convinced myself I was stronger than that. I wasn't. As a young man, I explored spirituality and I wanted answers. I devoured every self-help book I could get my hands on. I watched The Secret two times in a row, and still managed to misunderstand the law of attraction. It was quite comical, really. They say the difference between intelligence and wisdom is experience, but you can have experience without having wisdom or intelligence, so what the fuck do they know? Recently, I started praying again, I couldn't specifically tell you why, but if pressed, I'd say it had to do with a sudden and unexpected need to surrender. I felt the urge to bow in the service of something greater than myself, but I didn't want religion to get in the way. So one night, as the overwhelming silence of the city filled my empty room, I knelt at the foot of my bed and I prayed. It was oddly familiar, except this time, instead of looking up to God, I looked inside. So that's the poem, Inquire Within. And I really love that when I read it because, you know, I think religion and praying and that all can be a very powerful thing, but there's something to be said for this shift that the poet makes where he's looking inside. He's not looking to anybody else for answers. It's all within you. The idea is, all the answers you're searching for, all the improvement you want, it's not going to be attached to some job, some relationship, some other thing outside of you. 
you won't get that those answers. The answers are inside of you. The answers are when you sit in silence and you think about what's going on in your head and you think about your relationships and your your peace in them. You look within you for the answers. I really feel like that's where a lot of the real growth comes from is when you detach from the idea that this thing is going to bring you the happiness and success that you're looking for. This, even, you know, we read books, they're fantastic, but in the end, it's the connections that they make for us inside, you know, and that, and there's an idea that there's a concept that ideas are found. They're not created. It's like you're actually, it's actually all just inside of you and you just needed to find it. So I really like the way that that poem kind of makes the shift between looking for answers outside of yourself, but then realizing that actually it's all come going to come from in you. So when we think of looking within, something that comes to mind are unconscious biases. We all have them. We develop them over time from experiences, traumas, learned behaviors, education, the media, and so on. And we actually develop them for survival purposes because with all the information we consume, Uh, and all the things we have to parse through, we need a way to basically quickly comprehend things and decide how to act because we don't have all the time in the world every single day to digest information and, you know, decide with all the time in the world. We need to just make make a decision. But of course, some of these biases can be damaging, you know, like the racist ones or the sexist ones that have been, you know, taught to us from entertainment or society or whatever. You know, the ones that make us default into groupthink or make us blindly trust people or institutions. Those one can those ones are not as ideal. But it's interesting because they are developed out of kind of survival, kind of this biological thing within us. But nowadays, most of us have our general survival taken care of. You know, if you're lucky enough that you live with a roof over, roof over your head, you have a blanket and a pillow, you have food every day, you have some kind of support system of friends, your general survival is taken care of. You're not worried necessarily about dying randomly every day. Randomly, you know? So we do have the power to kind of overcome and parse through some of these biases and not let them completely affect us because, again, our survival is not truly at stake every second of the day. But we definitely can't get rid of the biases, of the unconscious biases. So what we need to do is learn to live with them and to lessen the impact of the bad ones that have a potential negative consequence on society or the people around us. And I'm going to whip out another book for you guys by Buster Benson. And he explains really, really well um, about unconscious biases in his book, that is called Why Are We Yelling? The Art of Productive Disagreement. I've mentioned it probably 10 times on this podcast because I love it so much. And no, I'm not done with it because I'm a slow reader, but we're getting there. So let me find this section and read it to you. Okay, so this is the section about developing an honest bias. So it says, we need to develop honest bias because it offers a place in between awareness and solution that allows us to keep the question open and to feel the discomfort of that open-endedness without losing the ability to function that in the world. The ability to function in the world is that, you know, we need the biases because they actually help us parse through the millions of data points we're hit with all day. So 
These are the four steps to take toward developing an honest bias. I'm going to share them because they help you understand as well what biases are. So step one, opt in. Developing honest bias requires us to first and foremost wake up to our own blindness and to stop trying to pretend it doesn't exist. Only you can decide if you're up to the challenge of taking it on. Step two, observe. This is the beginner level. Take steps to reduce the amount of time and energy you spend trying to hide or ignore your biases and blind spots. For example, notice when your defenses are triggered and check whether A, you're really in danger right now, or B, there's an opportunity to learn from a new perspective, even if it's in a small way. Step three, repair, the intermediate level. Take steps to reduce the time and energy it takes for you to identify and begin to repair inadvertent damage caused by your biases and blind spots. For example, when you notice a blind spot, look into it and identify people and ideas that may have been undervalued or harmed by you and others. Look for ways to reverse that trend and repair damage. And step four, normalize the advanced level. Take steps to reduce the time and energy others have to spend challenging your blind spots and recruiting you to address the damage that you've contributed to. For example, actively seek out information and perspectives that challenge your own. Invite the best representatives of positions you don't agree with to, pro- to productive disagreements. Actively attempt to falsify your own beliefs. That last one is really big. Actively attempt to falsify your own beliefs. So steps two through four are essentially working toward the same goal of reducing harm caused by our biases, but the beginner level is reactive to incoming information and the intermediate and advanced levels become increasingly proactive about seeking it out. So basically what we see from that explanation in these steps is the idea of recognizing the biases that exist and starting to become proactive about the fact that they are there. The only way that you can recognize them is to reflect inward, inquire within, whatever you want to call it. You got to look inside and pay attention to what's going on in your head. When someone says something that triggers you, you read information and you're quick to brush it off. What's going on in your head there? So why am I bringing up unconscious biases? Well, The process of recognizing these biases forces us to look inward and to understand ourselves. We have to admit that there's areas where we're blindly acting or something we've never questioned. There's areas and things that we've never questioned before, right? We have to take that bird's eye view of our mind and ask questions, observe our immediate reactions to things and analyze what's going on in here, in your head, when the brain is set to that autopilot mode. So recognizing your unconscious biases makes you look inside because it's about what's going on in your head, that bird's eye view. So I'll give you an example of something that I do. Uh, When I'm reading a study or an explanation of a holistic medicine or something in the holistic world, I sometimes notice that I will be much more... um, quick to accept those claims that are in favor of of the holistic approach versus when I'm reading about conventional medicine, I'm much more skeptical. And the point here is that I'm trying to show that because of my experiences being so positive with, with holistic wellness and having a negative experience with conventional medicine in general, I've developed a bias against conventional and basically in favor of holistic. So now, even though that bias might be justified 
you know, maybe if I say like, well, I've just had a better experience. And so I believe holistic wellness is the better route. Even if it's justified, I need to recognize that it is affecting my willingness to accept or consider the other side of things. So now that I'm aware of it, I can catch myself doing it and remind myself to fully give that thing a chance or read from an open mind, you know, since my new default And now that I'm aware of it, and now that I'm aware of it, I can catch myself doing it and I can remind myself to fully give this thing a chance or to read from an open mind so that I really take in the information and I don't let my default mode, my new bias to just reject it outright. So with that example, we see that an awareness to your biases builds your understanding of yourself and why you might be acting in a certain way. So if you can notice that the next time you're reading an article or a friend is telling you something and you see that you're pretty quick to either accept it without actually looking into it or reject it without looking into it, what's going on there? Why, why do you feel like you can just throw that thing away? Even if it's justified, we're building an awareness of where our tendencies lie. So this is a piece of your awakening. You're practicing that bird's eye view of looking within you to understand better. If you know thyself, you'll know the world. That's the idea. Know thyself and you'll know the world. And when you can pinpoint the tendencies in yourself that prevent you from being open, the next time you have a conversation and that topic comes up, you might be more apt to listen to the opposing side or ask questions to aid your understanding versus just brushing it off or assuming that your side of things is for sure the way to go. And again, these are all difficult things to do. You know, I'm aware of these things and I mess up sometimes and don't do it perfectly and that's okay. But so here's the thing is this awakening, um, you know, this awakening path and understanding of yourself can get pretty lonely, I would say. It can feel like an upward battle because it is. And actually, almost, the Almost 30 podcast uh, did a whole episode on um, being lonely on your spiritual path. And I really recommend you check it out after this because... Uh, Krista Williams does an amazing job of explaining why it's lonely. And um, I really love that episode. So if that's something that might resonate with you, you should definitely check it out because I felt seen from that episode. Uh, It's almost 30 podcast, lonely on your spiritual path. But it's something that I've been feeling lately and it actually kind of inspired this episode. Just thinking about, you know, why... If I feel disconnected from my age group or those kinds of feelings that come up for me. And recently my sister also uh, pointed out to me that most of my new friends that I've made in the past few months or the people that I've attracted into my life are like 30 years old. Most of them are older than me. And, you know, um, I have to preface this by saying that there's nothing wrong with people my age group or I'm not trying to say like I'm... You know, again, I told you guys at the beginning of this episode, I feel, I don't, I just feel icky being like, I've transcended my twenties and I'm older now. Like I, I don't know, but that's how I feel. So fuck it. That's how I feel. I feel older. 
Um, and so, you know, that is kind of the mentality that I've been feeling lately. And, um, I think it's natural because with age, you kind of, you know, this whole reason why I'm calling out this, like me vibing with 30 year olds is because I think at that age, you kind of naturally achieve a certain level of maturity and awakening that just comes with the passage of time, you know? As you get older, you experience more things. You've literally spent more time with yourself. And so you just understand yourself better, your boundaries, your limits, your desires, everything. You just know it better. And so, you know, I think when people say like to someone that they are wiser beyond their years, it's like maybe just somehow a spiritual path came to you quicker. And so you develop this deeper understanding. I think people associate deep understanding of the self with wiseness or being older or something and um i just thought it was funny that my sister was like dude all your friends are 30 years old and i was like yeah i'm actually i fuck with that i think it's fun (laughs) so anyway i can't you know i feel weird saying that but um that's just how it is and i'm here to again i'm catching myself every time i give a disclaimer or try to soften what i'm saying and i need to stop doing it because it's just my fucking truth. So that's what we're going to say. So as a result, I have been feeling, you know, this loneliness, this disconnectedness from my age group. And, you know, to clarify, this doesn't mean I don't love hanging out with my current friends at this age and, you know, spending time with those people. It's not a diss at all. I, I really genuinely mean that. And, but I, I still feel these bouts of loneliness, even when I'm surrounded by, you know, my support system or friends, family who are, you know, all amazing people that are here. It's not to say that I'm literally completely alone. It's more of this feeling that gets evoked. But this is why I think it feels so lonely despite all of that. I think that society is not really set up for an awakened collective. I think it's not the norm and it's pretty anti-mainstream, you know, which I kind of talked about in my last episode with my sister. You know, it can feel like an uphill battle to question the norm and to push yourself to awaken when the media and society doesn't normalize it. And it's kind of right now a minority of people. It feels, it's just not generally taught or embraced to build this sense of kind of extreme individualism where you take extreme ownership of your piece of things. It just, I feel that it's very not mainstream and that's why it feels lonely. So it feels like an uphill battle because it is, you're fighting against big institutions, whether it be, you know, pharma or the fucking government or media that holds a different narrative. It doesn't fall in line with the awakened spiritual self. So that's why I feel lonely. And it gets scary also when you maybe lose friends or feel disconnected from family or something because you just feel different or something, you know? You think about different things. You spend time on different subjects. And, you know, I think that can just feel a little scary because we are we are social creatures, as human beings, which is why the past year and the pandemic has been so difficult. And we feel that something's wrong with it, you know, because we've been told to stay home and not see people and stay away. And that just, you know, no matter the threat, 
it just doesn't feel right because it's not right for humans. We need each other. We need community and connection. And so if you're on a path to awakening like this, like something, you know, if you're resonating with any of the things I'm talking about, then yeah, it's scary because you don't want to be isolated or pushed away from your group because that signals basically death to your primal self. It's like, dude, you can't be alone on the street. You're going to die if you think differently. So that's why most people stay in line because it's scary to think differently and to question the norm and to lose friends. It's scary to do that. So the reason I'm saying all of this here is basically to encourage you to do it anyway. Inquire within, grow, look inward, and challenge the norms you've been taught. Go against the grain. Say what no one else is willing to say. Awaken yourself. When you awaken, you find your voice, you find your value, your why. You're going to make waves. You're going to cause something to break or change around you. Because when you awaken, you take responsibility for yourself and you recognize your impact on others. And when you know your impact and your value, you're going to make fucking waves and you're going to change and shake something up. And not everybody is ready for that. That's just the truth of it. But responsibility unleashes your power. I really believe that. And it's hard, which is why not as many people do it. But you should do it anyway. So that's my call to awaken. Do it. It's worth it. <laughs> so um, that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, oh my God, I feel like a huge weight just came off my shoulders, honestly. Like just feels good to openly share for 35 minutes the thoughts in my head and just express them freely and openly. And I invite you to explore that as well, to speak up more and explore the things that are calling to you. I really believe in like this energy of the universe that things that come into your life and the things that you see, you hear, the signals are all there to tell you something. You can learn from all of those. So, yeah, that's it. So thank you for listening so much. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate every single one of you that spends time with me here on this weird digital audio file that lives on the internet. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, I really appreciate if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave me a nice review on apple Podcasts. that's very helpful uh subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't and share this episode with a friend if you liked it share it out connect with others and dm me on instagram if you listened and you and you liked it or if you hated it also dm me something nice about how you hated it because civil discourse is key so <laughs> all right thanks for tuning in seriously appreciate you guys um you're the fucking best and i hope you have a great rest of your day. And here's your, your reminder to look within because all of the answers you need are inside of you. I promise.